I'm Maria Bartiromo. I'm Greg Gutfeld. I'm Tammy Bruce. And this is the Fox News Rundown. Monday, June 29th, 2020. I'm Trey Inks. With more than 10 million cases of coronavirus around the world, the focus on other serious problems is often getting lost. As a person, sometimes there is a limit to the bad news you can hear and understand and cope with. Just handle the things that we can cope with them right now, which is coping with corona, taking care of our loved ones. This is the Fox News Rundown, global pandemic. From the brink of famine to the brink of war, the world continues to face catastrophe that has nothing to do with coronavirus, though you may have missed some of these stories during the pandemic. Over the next few minutes, you'll get the latest headlines on the global COVID-19 outbreak and hear from Yonat Freeling, a senior Fox News field producer, about important stories over the past few months not related to the virus. Starting first with coronavirus news out of China, where officials have locked down a city of 400,000 people after it reported 18 cases. The city of Axin lies just 90 miles south of Beijing, and it's banned all outside vehicles from entering and put into place a rule allowing only one family member to leave the house once a day to gather supplies. This follows an outbreak in Beijing earlier this month that reportedly started in a large food market, leading to new restrictions in the Chinese capital. Now to Mexico, where the coronavirus is quickly overwhelming authorities. Mexico has seen more than 200,000 total cases and more than 26,000 deaths. The capital of Mexico City is preparing to reopen, but will implement strict guidelines for doing so. Starting today, some retail shops and hotels will be allowed to reopen at limited capacity. Finally, in India, officials reported nearly 20,000 new cases of COVID-19 today alone. Many Indian states have reimposed full or partial lockdown restrictions. India opened one of the world's largest hospitals yesterday that will have 10,000 operational beds by Wednesday. These are all extremely important updates, but there are also other major stories developing around the world. I think that people watch the news and think how it might influence them or impact their life. Um, And then came the corona and changed everything. This is Yonat Freeling, a senior Fox News field producer. She joins us today in studio. Because it was everywhere and it's scary and this is the first time that we live in um, such an era of uncertainty and we've been consumed about it or by that. And as a person, sometimes there is a limit to the bad news you can hear and understand and cope with. And the stories that we're going to talk about later on are far away from us. And as people, we might not experience famine um, or war, fortunately. And so um, we go back and put ourselves in, we can, might, one might say, a self-quarantine from other bad news apart from the corona. And then we'll just handle the things that we can cope with them right now, which is coping with corona, taking care of our loved ones, taking, uh, going back to work, and, and so on and so on. So. You bring up an interesting point about how we try to isolate ourselves sometimes from bad news. You've covered health crises around the world. You've covered suicide bombings and wars and all of this really difficult news. When you're producing something like coronavirus, how do you make it in a way that allows people to consume it and still get the information but not be pushed away from it? 
That's a wonderful question. And I think it goes on with not just the corona stories that we've been trying to do, but any stories. Um, and I think of me or my family or my friends. And I want to tell the story from the human angle because I think this is what we can relate. Uh, if we give numbers... Um, of how many people have been hurt by something, or by famine and wars, and how many conflicts are going on in the world right now, it, it doesn't help to understand um, from the stomach, from your gut. Uh, but if you show, like we did, the story from the Corona Ward in Ichilov in Tel Aviv, we both remember Shimon and Afik until today and it's been almost two months from now and people who see me and talk to me still ask me about them and how are they doing uh, we've been doing this in Gaza as well on both sides you've been to Gaza and showed the, the life there um, and in the aftermath of the conflict and we covered it from the Israeli side with uh, running to shelters and kindergartens I think at the end of the day it's the human-to-human -human angle, and that's it. And that's basically all that matters. Absolutely, and it's something that I think each story provides a different set of difficulties when it comes to trying to whittle it down to that human angle on the story because there are all these complexities. There are all these complexities and different things you have to consider when reporting out these stories. I want to dive into a couple stories that people may have missed during the coronavirus outbreak. Each day on this podcast, we're talking about the coronavirus and how it's affecting people and money, economies, life, and some of these broad topics, but we've also gotten into some specific topics, whether it's treatment or testing or technological innovation. But while we're talking about these things, there are these parallel stories. Sometimes they are health-related. Sometimes they're human-related. Sometimes they're conflict-related that are ongoing. And Yemen, in particular, is one story that stands out in my mind as something that we're not talking about enough in Western media that could have some serious consequences if international attention isn't focused in Yemen soon. I saw one video that you tweeted out over the weekend about a young girl in Yemen who was on the brink of dying from starvation. And her story is not unique. Could you tell me about the situation in Yemen right now? What's been unfolding over these past few months while focus may have been other places? And specifically this girl, what's the latest on her story? Um, first of all, she's out of the country uh, with the help of our colleagues from Sky News and other NGOs that were helping her. Uh, it was first published in Sky News. Um, and I hope she's okay. But like her, there are millions of people there. Um, Yemen is one of the poorest countries in the Arab world and the world altogether. And it's now fighting a crisis within a crisis, a humanitarian crisis because of the civil war that has been going on since 2011. And now um, they're fighting or trying to fight um, the pandemic as well. Um, more than 2.4 million, 24 million people are in need of aid. And because of the conflict and of uh, the pandemic, there are almost no NGOs working there. Uh, in the country um, and so just imagine when 
you're hungry and you're thirsty and you're running for your life because of um, you know bombing and and everything like that um, and still are afraid to go to a hospital in case you're feeling sick and you, if you go you don't know if there's the right medication or the doctors because most of them the people who, are, who were able to leave has left a long time ago you've been listening to you're not freeling a senior Fox News field producer we'll be right back Speaking of political war and international players, I do want to shift to Libya. This is something we talked about a little bit on the Fox News Rundown Global Pandemic podcast last week. Uh, We had on Tom Hill from the U.S. Institute of Peace to talk about the latest in Libya. But it is a story that is ongoing and a story that is still not receiving much international attention, despite the fact that we have seen American forces from AFRICOM and other U.S. military in the region, along with allies on the ground, trying to work through the situation there with the government and government-backed forces in Tripoli and the rebel forces led by General Haftar. What is the latest in Libya, and what are people missing as they are focused on other things right now? Um, First of all, the U.S. um, has called once again to go back to negotiation of a ceasefire. Um, Unfortunately, it's been going on for so many years. And as you mentioned, um, the humanitarian crisis is there once again is a big issue and the conflict. But the sad thing is that this country has been basically hijacked by other proxies in the region and other nations that want to be involved because of mostly because of its oil. So you get into we keep talking about the people. So imagine us um, living in Tripoli, for example, and we can't leave our house because of higher interest of Russia or France or the U.S. or Syria or Saudi Arabia, and it has nothing to do with us, but it impacts our daily life. We can't go to school. We can't get the groceries. We get. We can't do anything because of, of the amount of oil that has been there. And it, ca- it was caused basically by the external powers that are trying to regain power in a post-Qaddafi Libya. Shifting finally to Lebanon, this is a story that I think has some serious regional implications, and it's something that We've been pushing a lot from the Middle East Bureau to try to learn more about and really understand the root cause of some of the economic problems that Lebanon is facing. The coronavirus has made these problems worse, but we are now starting to see real-world results and real-world consequences stemming from the economic crisis in Lebanon. Where does the focus need to be on Lebanon right now, and where are people not paying attention? Um, Lebanon has been struggling with its economic um, difficulties long before the corona. And as we all experience in our life, we... um, It it was getting worse. Now, um, one dollar is 8,000 pounds. 8,000? Yeah, 8,000. So, and I think I read somewhere that you can withdraw up to... 8,000 pound a day. So basically you can go to the ATM and withdraw $1 for your daily needs. Um, I think um, we need to pay attention on 
Hezbollah involvement in the government itself because Hezbollah is a proxy of Iranian of Iran and the Iranian regime and Lebanon is a very important ally as you said to the US and this would be a, a struggle between the Lebanese government and the um, Hezbollah representative and on how to um, form the character of Lebanon. Um, Lebanon is a beautiful country. It has beautiful beaches and uh, mountains and it used to be the uh, French Riviera of the Middle East back before the war with Israel and uh, Hezbollah and everything. So, and many people, especially the Christian population in Lebanon, still reminisce on, on these times. And I think they still want some part of it to remain today. And when it comes to the future of Lebanon and what the country has to look out for and what the region has to look out for, how will these factors play into the stability of the region if they are not addressed, despite the fact that the entire region and world is dealing with the coronavirus pandemic? I think it's important to take the values that we care for from external and the help from external powers. But we also have not to give up the cultures of each and every country. Uh, because if we are going to lose our identities, we might lose our country as well. And we've seen it, the struggles, in, as we mentioned, in Yemen and in Libya and in Syria. They're all dismantling states and the people there are suffer. Absolutely. And I think it does come down to the people and the culture that those people associate themselves with. It's a sense of national unity and national pride in many cases. And when that's dismantled, whether it be through war, disease or dictators, it can often shape the future of the region in a negative way. You're not freeling a senior field producer for Fox News at the Middle East Bureau. You're not. Thank you again for your time. Thank you, Trey, and thank you for shining a light on this region. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.